today's scripture, which comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And we're going to read that story right now that we just described. And uh, we're going to read it in the ESV. So if you want to find find it in, in a Bible or a Bible app, but I'm also just going to project it right here. So Matthew 28, 1 through 10, may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, friends, today's message is called Do Not Be Afraid. It is something that is repeated in this passage many times. But fear is something that is, is just one of the realities of life. And maybe we are living through a time in human history where there is so much fear, right? There's so many things that make us afraid. And I'm not going to go into detail about what those things are. They might be different for different people. But I, I found this picture on the internet. Uh, just I looked up fear and there's like different stock images that came up. And I thought this was very appropriate for what fear is like. So here you see like a shadow of like some kind of monster, right? But this is the thing about monsters. And so some of you guys said you were afraid of monsters. Um, so have you ever thought about this for a moment? What is a monster? Do you know what a monster is? A monster is a creature that does not exist. Think about it for a moment. Now, now you might say, well, Pastor Steve, there could be a real monster. But the moment that we have a monster that's real, it's an animal, <laughs> right? There were actually people who thought that uh, giant squids didn't exist. That, that it's in like, uh, the, what is it, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Jules Verne. And, and you know, people are like, oh, this is made up. There couldn't be a squid that big like as big as a truck or as big as a building. But it turns out that they're actually real. We don't call giant squids monsters. They're animals, right? Because they actually exist. Monsters don't exist. But the fear of them can be very real, right? Just like the shadow of death. What we see here is somebody being afraid of a shadow that is not real, right? But it feels very real to people. Now, there might be some things that we genuinely could be afraid of. But oftentimes what you see in this world is that we see a different form of fear that has become an epidemic. 
that we are told that uh, uh, about one in four or one in five of all people has a clinical form of what we call anxiety. You know what anxiety is? Anxiety is fear. But it is fear without an actual physical object that you can see, right? So if there is a monster in the room with me, I have fear, right? But if I am worried about a monster being under my bed at night, or I'm thinking about the possibility that a monster could jump out at me, that's anxiety. Do you see that that difference? It is the shadow of these things, right? And it's very interesting. In Psalm 23... It says, even though I walk through the valley of what? The valley of death? No, the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Because oftentimes that's what plagues us. That's what affects us is the shadow of death. These ideas, right? We live in a world of ideas, of stories. And many of these make us very, very afraid. Now, Just because your anxiety could be about something that is not real, again, it does not mean that your anxiety isn't real. It doesn't mean that the fear isn't real, because it can be, and it can have very, very serious consequences, right? There are so many people who suffer from the effects of anxiety and fear, and it affects all kinds of things. It affects your health. It affects your sleep. I myself have suffered from some very, very serious anxiety in my life. A couple years ago, I I had uh, what was called panic disorder. And it was so bad that I couldn't sleep at night. It was, it was like torture, right? They, they say that not like, like having people not sleep, that, that is a form of torture, (laughs) you know? And so it was awful. And so brothers and sisters, I'm just here to say that I get it. I, I understand that fear is something we all deal with. And even for us as believers, I told you my panic disorder came two years ago, right? I was a pastor of LGN. I've been a Christian for many, 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 many years at that point. And we hear these stories that tell us, uh, uh, you know, Jesus tells us, the angel tells us, do not be afraid. But I think if we're being honest, many of us still are. What is the key? How can we live a life not being afraid. Because brothers and sisters, maybe you're thinking, but Pastor Steve, fear is part of the human experience. It's true, right? And some fear is appropriate. Yes, if a car is coming towards you, you should be afraid and you should move, right? Absolutely, right? And so fear can be helpful. But the problem with anxiety and the problem with a lot of the fears that we are facing is that even if it's not helpful at all, (laughs) it can still be present in your life. Some fear can be helpful, but a lot of it is not. A lot of it is holding us back and holding us back from having a good night's sleep or having peace of mind, not being stressed. But it's also holding you back from being the courageous person that God has created you to be. How many of us don't love other people? How many of us don't reach out to our neighbors, right? Second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as if they were you, but so many of us were afraid of our neighbors. We're afraid of the shadow of what that person might do or what that person might say. All of these imagined realities and stories in our heads that hold us back. How many of us didn't do something that could have been really life-giving, really wonderful, 
you know, I don't know, maybe applied for a job or gone on a, 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 like an adventure or lived some experience or reached out to someone or said something to someone that you really wanted to say, but you didn't because you're afraid. So again, fear, sometimes useful, but often can actually shrivel us, hold us back, take away from the abundance of life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. And I don't believe that that is a life gripped by fear. And so here we see in this passage, fear is here all over the place. Like we mentioned, this is a gravesite, right? It's a tomb. This is a place that might inspire a lot of fear. I don't know about you, but as a kid, no one said uh, um, that that they're afraid of uh, um, cemeteries. But man, I used to be really afraid of cemeteries, you know. And, And so here we're told, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. So they're going to pay respects to Jesus. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Now, that might sound cool to you. To a lot of us, that sounds really cool. That an angel came and sat on the stone and his clothes are just gleaming white like lightning, right? And and so that might sound really cool, but there was an earthquake. And earthquakes are scary, I don't know if any of you have been through an earthquake. It's super scary. And, and maybe just seeing somebody after an earthquake, like with just impossibly bright clothes, sitting on the stone. How did you get up there, by the way? When did you get up there? You know, all of that was probably pretty square, scary. And so we're told that in for fear of him, of, of this angel, the guards trembled and became like dead men. It's very ironic, right? Because they're at a tomb, or maybe fitting, I don't know. But they, they, they seem to faint, right? They don't die, but they faint from fear. That's how much fear is here. And what about the women? Well, I mean, you have to imagine, they're pretty afraid too. So the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Now, at least not at this point. The women don't see Jesus yet, but they are told, hey, look, Jesus is alive. And they're actually given some evidence. Look, the tomb is empty. Is that definitive proof that Jesus is alive? No, of course not. There's a lot of things that could have happened. But it's one indication that Jesus could be alive. Huh, that's curious, right? And so they're told, don't be afraid. Jesus is alive. Yay, right? No more fear. No more fear. But let's take a look at what happens. So they're told to go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb. They're like, okay, this, this angel, I, I don't know what this is. I mean, maybe it's just a man, but it seems like it's an angel. And, and so they go and, and they're excited, right? They have great joy. But it also says, verse 8, something kind of curious, right? So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. 
again, Jesus is going to meet them. So they haven't met Jesus yet. But again, Jesus is going to say these words to them. They come down and they worship Jesus. They hold his feet, right? Now, why do they hold his feet? Does that seem kind of weird to you? Maybe for, I don't know if you have ever, I mean, sorry if this is gross for some of you. Have you ever held anyone's feet before? <laughs> like even someone you really like, have you ever held their feet? Oh no, don't answer that in the live chat. I don't need to know that. Um, it's a little weird, right? To, to go and touch his feet. What is that about? But look at what Jesus says to them. Do not be afraid. Again, go and tell my disciples to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So angel says, do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. They see a little evidence, but they're still afraid. They're still afraid. And then they see actual Jesus. So brothers and sisters, what I think is going on in this passage is that in many ways, the women had a firsthand experience with the risen Christ. In the beginning, the reason why I think they were still afraid, even after they were told about Jesus being resurrected, even even after they were given some evidence, look, he's not here anymore. Look, the, the, the linen is still here that would have covered his body, but no Jesus, right? But there probably was still in the back of their minds and in their hearts, like, yeah, okay, you know, angel showing up with an earthquake, that's pretty cool, pretty impressive. But we didn't actually see ourselves. We didn't actually experience it ourselves. Why is this such a big deal? So Jesus does appear. And, and so I want to explain the whole feet thing, if you're still wondering about that. So they bow down and worship, right? They bow down and worship. And so they're, they're on their knees, and they're probably on their faces in front of Jesus. But they touch his feet because they're on the floor, right? I mean, that's why they touch his feet. But they want to touch Jesus. They want to know, is that really you? Is that really you? Is, is, is this just a vision? Am I just imagining this? And so touching his feet is a way for them to know he really is resurrected. He really is alive, right? And then they, they're, they're supposed to go and proclaim this. And they're told, hey, I'm going to meet with my disciples too, right? You, have you ever noticed that? That most of the original disciples, they're not just told about Jesus. They actually see Jesus, They actually meet Jesus. Why is this so important? Why is this day such a big deal? Why why, why do we celebrate it every year? And actually, uh, I I think some of you know this. I, I probably have mentioned this before. But Sunday is not the day that Jewish people worship. It's Saturday, Shabbat. It actually means... um, It actually means uh, 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 Saturday. That's the day of the week, Shabbat. Um, the, I, I think I, I just learned in Spanish the word for Saturday is sábado, right? Is that right? Sábado. Sorry about my pronunciation. What does that sound like? Sábado, Sabbath, 
Hmm? <laughs> it's the Sabbath. Saturday is the Sabbath. But why do we worship on Sunday? And by the way, they found that, that very early on this happened, right? The, the Easter was an idea that was not made up by the church like hundreds of years later. To like, like, I know some, sometimes people like the story that Jesus was just this prophet. You know, he was just a teacher like many, many other rabbis. And his teachings just kind of caught on. And people loved Jesus so much that they made him God. That they made up this story about Jesus resurrecting. And just over time, he became a legend. The problem with that is very, very early on. Very early on, they changed the day. Christians changed the day that they worship from Saturday to Sunday. Why? I mean... If you guys know anything, like, I mean, we've gone through a lot of uh, the Hebrew scripture, the great themes. If you know anything about uh, Hebrew scripture, you know that the Sabbath is so important to the Jewish people, right? You're supposed to keep it holy, right? I mean, that's just something you don't break. And the fact that they would be like, actually, we're going to worship on Sunday. Something drastic happened. And the only indication we have from history, the only indication, is because that is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. It literally changed everything. Now, brothers and sisters, think about it. What have we been so afraid of? What is it that you're afraid of? Now, I'm just going to take a page from Psalm 23. I think every fear is really the fear of the shadow of death. It all goes back to death, right? Now, are you directly afraid of death? Maybe not. You might not be thinking about death, but think about it. Why is one of the brothers in the live chat afraid of a big dog? (laughs) Right? He's not afraid of the little dogs, right? Little dog bites you, and you're just like, get out of here, little dog, (laughs) right? Can't do much to you. But why are you afraid of a big dog? Because it could really hurt you. It could even kill you, potentially. Right? Why are we afraid of heights? Because we imagine ourselves falling. Why are we afraid of certain creatures like spiders? Because you hear stories about black widows biting people and killing them. Right? And, and even if you're not directly afraid of death itself, it's the shadow of death. It, it, it just covers everything. How many times we're walking down the street and we imagine all kinds of doomsday s- scenarios? What if a car just comes out of nowhere? What if an attacker comes out of nowhere? What are you really afraid of? It all boils down to this, the shadow of death. That shadow casts a wide shadow over all of, of, of life, over all of us. Right? And we already said this. It changes your behavior. It changes how you interact with people. Right? It makes you less courageous. It makes you less willing to love, less willing to be generous. Right? I mean, even like hoarding behavior. What is that about? It's like, well, Pastor G, I'm just afraid of running out of toilet paper. <laughs> That's gross. You know? But if you think about it, right? Like people were buying up stuff like water and bread. And by the way, that makes no sense because bread expires. Have you ever bought bread? It doesn't last long. What are you going to do hoarding bread, right? But bread and water are the things we need for life. 
And when people get really afraid in global pandemics or any kind of thing, like seriously, it could be like a big storm. It could be an earthquake. You know, this happened actually, I was in Washington, D.C. during 9-11. Same thing. People were buying up all the water and bread because they're afraid of the shadow of death. Well, I need these things to live. Changes everything. Now, what happened with the disciples? And we are told that before they meet Jesus, they're very afraid. Because by the way, they just killed the Roman authorities just killed their leader, Jesus. And in many ways, they're thinking, we're fugitives. If they find us, they could kill us too, so they are hiding. They are behind locked doors, right? And and so these disciples who, you know, all the stories we hear, they weren't the most courageous dudes. You know, Peter uh, got really afraid when he was questioned by a servant girl. And, you know, these disciples, they, they, they are like, what do we do now? And, and, and they're so afraid, and I get it. Man, if I were in their position, I would be exactly like them. But if that was the end of the story, or how about this? How about this? We're just told that Jesus rose from the dead. We were just told that. Hey, just take my word for it. Angel says, I saw it. And they're like, hey, can we see? And they're like, no. You just got to believe. And so then the disciples are like, oh, okay, what do we do with this? What would happen to this movement, the way? I think this is probably what would have happened. I mean, I don't know for sure. I think the disciples probably still continue being afraid. Maybe just every now and then they get together to remember Jesus. Maybe they sing some nice songs about Jesus. But their fundamental behavior in life doesn't change. They don't become more courageous They don't become less afraid of the shadow of death. They're still afraid of the shadow of death. All of that is exactly the same. But that's not what happened. But I think that's the case that we find most of us in, right? We have a a religion and we have beliefs and we have faith that doesn't always touch all of our lives. It doesn't change everything. It changes little things in our behavior. Yeah, you know, I go somewhere else on Sunday mornings instead of sleeping in, you know. Uh, I, I sing certain songs. I read certain books, you know. But I'm still afraid fundamentally the way that everyone is afraid. I'm not able to love I still demonize the the, uh, uh, people that I'm afraid of, and I want to keep them in a box over here. We see this so often. Christians act like everyone else. But remember, that's not what happens with the disciples. That's not what happens with the women. Right? They were still afraid. I mean, yeah, they had great joy. They're like, yeah, this is good news, but we're still kind of afraid until they meet Jesus, until Jesus actually encounters them and they see Jesus and they touch Jesus. And then Jesus goes to the disciples and, and they see Jesus and they touch Jesus and nothing is the same after that. Everything gets flipped upside down, like literally. The disciples go out filled with the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It fills them. And they go out boldly. And they're not afraid of anyone. Right? It's completely different. 
right? I mean, they change the, the day they worship, and the disciples, they go out, and as far as we know, just about every disciple, maybe save John, was martyred for their faith. They died for the faith. They weren't afraid. There are so many Christians throughout the centuries that people would say to them, hey, if you don't recant, if you don't take back your faith, we're going to kill you. And they're like, okay, do your worst. It makes no sense. But all throughout the history of Christianity are people who are just completely unafraid. I think the difference is the actual encounter with Christ, right? And we are told, by the way, it's in the story of um, Thomas, that Thomas doesn't get to see Jesus with the rest of the disciples. He was out somewhere. I don't know. Thomas had to go to the grocery store. I don't know. <laughs> but he was out for some reason, wasn't with the rest of the disciples. And so when Thomas comes back, he's like, you know, they're all excited. They're telling uh, Thomas about Jesus. And he's like, okay, but I didn't get to see it. And so Jesus appears to Thomas, and he says, hey, Thomas, take your fingers and put it in my hands, in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas gets that. He gets that actual experience of touching Jesus, like the women. He gets to see Jesus. And Thomas, by the way, is never the same. We call Thomas, doubting Thomas is not fair. He's believing Thomas He's courageous, faithful Thomas. And Thomas went out, and he was a very, very faithful disciple. Very, very bold for the faith. And, and brothers and sisters, but Jesus says, you believe because you see me. But blessed are those who believe, though they do not see. And that's us. How? How? I mean, there were people, right? A lot of the people in the story that I told you are just, you know, this account of people who are willing to give their life for the faith, who aren't afraid of being martyrs, right? A lot of those people didn't live in biblical times, hundreds, even thousand years later, but they're just as bold. And I believe that we can have an encounter with the risen Lord. We all can, right? It can happen in prayer. It can happen when you're in nature. It can happen as you're listening to a praise song. How many times have you, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's some of you, where you've had an encounter. It's a spiritual encounter. It's even hard to describe. Sometimes we call it a spiritual high, or maybe there's just times where you just feel this presence of God within you. You feel your heart burning within you, right? Right? And you're just like, I'm not alone. You feel so loved. You don't feel like it's just you talking to a wall. You feel the presence of the risen Christ. Has that ever happened to you? And by the way, brothers and sisters, I mean, you, you got to imagine, you know, some of you said that things that make you less afraid, you know, having a friend, having your mom, having a bigger dog, right? Having these things with you, you don't always need to feel warm and fuzzies when they're there. You just need to know that they're there. And I know Christians, so many times, we chase the warm and fuzzies. We want this extreme spiritual experience. And we feel like God isn't there if we don't have that. But with the risen Christ is the assurance that Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, is right here. And that's often what we try to get in prayer. 
You know, and and this is uh, I I always encourage people to um, spend time in prayer so that you can know that you're not alone. And so many times people say, "But Pastor Steve, I don't feel anything," right? And, and and what they mean by that is they don't feel that kind of like rush of emotion that ah they're not crying right they're they're not feeling like like you know uh, uh, giddy or whatever you know and that's not always going to happen. Sometimes all you get in prayer, if nothing else, is just a sense of calm and peace. The kind of calm and peace as if a good friend, a loving friend, a powerful friend were just sitting with you. That's all you get. And that's all you need. Now, I want to end this this message in this way. What if? What if... What if the disciples didn't go to see Jesus? Right? The women said, hey, we met Jesus. It was awesome. Right? He's alive. And they're like, what? what? And, and they're like, hey, he told you to go to Galilee. He's waiting for you. And what if we didn't go? Brothers and sisters, I think that for many of us, we have so many opportunities to meet with the risen Christ. I'm not saying this to shame you or, or, or like to make you feel bad in any way. It's just the difference between going and not going. That's it. It doesn't make you a bad person if you didn't have an experience, right? But in many ways, I think there are many of us that maybe, you know, maybe there's like the 13th, 14th disciple, you know, um, and, 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 it, uh, there's this guy named, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a name. I don't think we have any Teds in the congregation. There's, a guy, there, there's, there's the disciple Ted. And everyone else is like, let's go to Galilee. And Ted's like, hey, I, I got a job interview right now. You know, I, I, I got to prep for it. I'm just too busy. They're like, come on, Ted, let's go. You know, guys, you go ahead. I'll go next week. And Ted never goes. And the disciples come back and they're like, we saw Jesus. Everything is different. They're not afraid anymore because they know that God has literally reversed death. Right? What is there to be afraid of? They know firsthand that God is real. And they know firsthand that the thing that we're all afraid of has been defeated categorically. And they know it in their bones. And so it perfectly makes sense then that the disciples would not be afraid of it anymore, right? Totally makes sense. But Ted still is. Ted, Ted still does all the rituals. He still says he believes. But Ted hasn't experienced it. Brothers and sisters, I, I just would want us to go, right? Go and see the risen Christ. Don't stay home. Right? What, what, what else are you going to do? I know there's so many of us, we, we, we feel like, like we don't have time or, you know, we, we don't feel like going. And, and brothers and sisters, you get caught up in your feelings, it won't lead you to a thriving life. If you get caught up in your feelings, it'll lead you to anxiety and fear and all of these things that grip everyone. And many ways to go and see Jesus. Maybe to sit still by your window, open up the scripture, Read it slowly and just enjoy it. 
or maybe to just close your eyes and just spend time in silence with God for 20 minutes. You're not going to feel like doing it. But what is the alternative? You spend 20 minutes doing whatever you want. It might be good. Oh, you might have fun. It might be enjoyable. But that's it. It's gone. It doesn't change anything. But you spend time with the risen Messiah, and it could change everything. Everything. Because now you are living in a different kingdom. You are living in a different way. Everything is flipped upside down. Death, all the things we're afraid of, not afraid anymore, right? Now we have all the possibilities of life eternal. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. And there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot to flesh out. You know, I, I shared a couple years ago, for me, um, I was going through this panic disorder. And really what it was about was being afraid of the shadow of death. For me, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And so I would start getting super anxious. And one of the things about feeling anxious is you have shortness of breath. And so then I would really feel like I, I couldn't breathe. And I, it would feel like I was dying when I would have these panic attacks. You hear a lot of people describe that. But what if we could live in a world where we knew, you know what? You're, you're going to be okay. And it doesn't mean that we're not faced with the same troubles other people are. But what if I knew in my bones... What if you knew in your bones that there's a God who loves you, that gave Jesus to die for you, and Jesus resurrected from the dead, and so will you. There's nothing, friends. There's nothing in this world that we need to be afraid of anymore. But this knowledge can't just be up here. You can't just hear it. You have to continually experience it, to live in that kingdom in that new reality. I need that too. So when I was going through this time, a lot of what I would do is I would soak in scripture. I would read a lot of Romans 8. Um, I would listen to a lot of praise songs. We're going to sing a praise song. I listened to a lot during this time. (laughs) When the praise team flipped it and they added the chorus to Living Hope (laughs) at the end of uh, Man and Stars, that was awesome. And I just, man, I just started crying. When I hear the song, I just start crying. You know, it it means so much to me. But it is talking about this different kind of reality. So friends, would you join us in singing Living Hope? This new reality we have in Christ where we do not need to be afraid of the shadow of death anymore.